I believe John has some anger he'd like to share with the group. <laughs> what? You know, I don't even remember what it was about. <laughs> it's, it's, um, that's a problem when you go into your rage in every night and you're just like... Yeah, I, I, I go into berserker mode. Wait, and, wait and to just, go, Hulk. Everything, everything goes dark. Here's what it's about. And I will say, I understand I understand where you were coming from, and I, to a degree, understand kind of the opposing view. You were making a point that the tech press or some in the tech press saying, Echo is an incredible, incredibly oh, yeah. well-selling device, yeah, and the Apple Watch is a failure. Um, however, I would say, I do believe, first of all, I don't believe anybody can say the Apple Watch isn't selling well, but... I think it's totally fair for us to make fun of Apple for not breaking out Apple Watch numbers the same way that we make fun of Amazon for not breaking out numbers on anything. Like, I think that's totally legitimate because Apple says, oh, we're doing it for competitive reasons. That's probably why Amazon doesn't want to break out Echo and Kindle sales and whatever the hell else they're selling. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. That's that's not really the point, though. Lex summed up my feeling on that matter pretty well. That's not really the point, though. So what's (laughs) the point? Hit me up. Get angry. Well, just the point. I mean, just the... The thing that sparked this was something that Gruber was looking at, which is this guy who was saying that, um, oh, gee, the, the watch must be a failure because it's not selling as many units as the iPhone. <laughs> like, sure. I, yeah, okay, it's not selling as many units as the the highest selling consumer product of all time. You got them. Good job. Take the rest of the day off. I think we all agree on, on that front that that is a, a stupid comparison. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was what my comment was about. And simply that, and also just the fact that you do see that. I mean, you know, you see that the the people say, "Oh my God, the Amazon Echo is so great." And actually, I mean, I do think it's a great. I think it's a great product, and I think it's a it's a very smart move for Amazon. Um, however, I don't think you can say that it's a huge success, and the and the Apple Watch is a failure when all the estimates that I've seen indicate that the Apple Watch has outsold the Echo. Yeah, I mean, right. we, the 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 short answer is we don't we don't know, right? We don't have not hard completely. numbers. No, no, because neither one of them are reporting them. Right. So in the end, right. of the, at the end of the day, I mean, I think the problem is they're being judged on different metrics, right? Like, I think people see the Echo as a success because the response to it, uh, like, you know, the the <laughs> amount of volume of cover, not just coverage from like tech coverage, but like people talk about <laughs> it, like, you know, it, it comes up a lot. It's it does seem like it is popular. We don't know. It could have sold anywhere between, you know, a few hundred thousand and several million units. Probably more than a million is my guess. I think that it is doing pretty well. Um, and I think, you know, again... Oh, a million units? Oh, it's sold more than a million units. Sure. I mean... It sold a lot more. It sold a lot more than that. Okay. So, you know, here's the point. It, they, they've both sold probably pretty well. I think the Echo... In some ways, it's a it's a context thing, too, right? Like, Amazon made a lot of crappy hardware products and when they came out with the echo everyone was surprised right like there's mm-hmm. a con- there's an expectation game whereas apple makes huge blockbuster projects and when something you know since they've set their bar in some ways so high for themselves everything contextually like when they make a product that doesn't seem like oh man this beat all the previous products everyone is inclined to judge it more harshly 
Except th- it did in its product category. That's not the point. My point is it's... <laughs> I know, but, but okay, but fine. Okay. Still, I think that's, I mean, that curve is ridiculous, though. I, I agree. But I'm, I'm I agree it's cha- ridiculous. Hey, 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 hey. I want to challenge John, though, because I don't think it did in its product category. Like, you can't, like, it did in the, so in the phone category, it crushed other phones, but no, words, we were talking about the watch. No, I know, but I'm saying the yeah. phone was a new kind of phone, right? Like you can't the iPhone. Of I mean, in retrospect, at least, yeah, of course, the iPhone crushes flip phones or Blackberries because it's something so different and so much better. I think Apple Watch. We're saying uh, if it's going to like iPhone defined an industry. I don't know that Apple Watch has done that yet, right? Like, yeah, it could, yeah I would, I would I mean, I would agree that to, with that too. The two are not the same. Yes. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't quite do it as well as they and, did it and, before. And yeah. that's not to say that the the Echo has necessarily defined an industry either. Um, in both cases, with the Echo and the smartwatch, we've seen other you know copycats come out, right? Like, or other companies develop products that are similar, right? Like, so we have the Google Home now. Um, we have several other companies who've tried to define smartwatches. I'm not sure that any of them have done as well as the like either the Apple Watch or the Echo in those categories so Mm -hmm. like to me those are both category defining devices i think the Mm -hmm. echo also got a boost from the fact that it seemed it's not it's not easily put into a box of like what it is like the idea of a smartwatch even before the apple watch there were you know watches that could like download information from the internet or sync remotely for time right like it wasn't as good it was kind of like a flip phone version of a watch right and so (laughs) you know they the the echo i feel like is just it it got more attention because it was so different from everything else that we had seen up to that point. Like you can see recognizable parts of it. Yeah. Okay. It's got Bluetooth speaker capabilities and yeah, there were, there were voice-based assistants before, um, but there wasn't like a standalone device for that yet. So, you know, again, that's just a matter of context and saying that it maybe got more attention because it was, it seemed more original. And not, I don't think the Apple Watch was lacking for attention. No, no, um, I don't think so. But. And, like, so how do we, I mean, uh, what are we actually talking about here? By which I mean, <laughs> there's people, like, what does it matter if yeah, there are shitty articles say. written that say, <laughs> hey, a, the Apple Watch is a failure? Well, like, I mean, are we it, worried about Apple stock it, price? Are we worried it, about customer opinion? Like, what are we thinking here? I mean, does, more to the point, does it matter if sanity? These... I'm worried about sanity. <laughs> my sanity. Long, that long gone. Sailed. Long gone. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, I know. Well, but I mean, my point being, does it matter if these devices aren't like, why are we comparing these devices is the first question. They can both be successful. They're totally different devices and they have their own niches, right? Like why? Well, I'm, the reason, the reason that I am comparing them is because they are treated so vastly differently. But they're, when, I mean, I'm talking about like <laughs> as a products, like six, if we say, say I'm, I'm arguing with the fundamental point as Lex, I think is doing is like, why are we writing stupid articles about like this device is success, a success and this device is a failure. That seems that's what we re- do. It seems, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I do anyway. <laughs> but it's like I don't know. It's like saying this, you know, this blender is terrible, but this car is great, and let's compare them. It's like they're totally different. Like there's no like they can, you know, you can have two successful products. Like a blender fails because it's not a car. Like <laughs> you've got some bigger problems if you're trying to use your blender as a car. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just I, don't. I, I I feel like again, it's. You know, we're talking about a failure of the media here because it's trying to gin up right. stories because it needs clicks. Like, I think, right. yeah, let's, why, like, that's like getting angry at water for being wet. <laughs> Dude, 
<laughs> Fucking water. <laughs> Let me tell you, water is we a need success. to have a conversation about what drives Fire. me, do we? <laughs> I think you know by now. I know. I, I just figured, you know, 130 things, odd. Let's ep- list the things that drive Moltz crazy. I'm just thinking 130 episodes or so in, it's time for us to acknowledge that this is this entire podcast is an intervention for John. <laughs> It's not just going very be well. Okay, John. I, I know. I figured we could do it. Like Lex because... and I were like five, ten podcasts max. We'll have it done. We'll have it worked out. Nope. It's been like three years. Yeah. Well, see what you've uh, done. Do you, you guys still wear your Apple watches every day? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I, I alternate with a movement watch. This is not a sponsor read. I just actually do. Um, and uh, ironically, the movement watch cannot record my movement, but the Apple watch can. <laughs> Interestingly, the movement watch does record all my apples. Uh, I uh, yesterday um, I had a fun experience where I got onto the treadmill and like t- two steps in, my Apple Watch told Dan Morin that I had hit my move goals for the day. Right, closed all three rings for the day, and so he sent me one of the automated responses. And then, like when I finished on the treadmill. 40 minutes later, 30 minutes later, it told him I completed a workout. So he had to congratulate me all over again. So I'd, I'd like to thank you, Dan, for tapping on <laughs> congratulatory or, or motivational responses for my benefit. Thank you. You're, you're, hold on. He's, let me send you of a, an if, then, if this, then that for that. Yeah. Um, I also have a relevant <laughs> echo Lex story. Lex accomplishes anything, congratulate Lex. <laughs> we went away. My family went away for almost two weeks. And so I as is my typical approach, I unplugged our Echo before we left because we have daily weekday alarms on the Echo for when I have to take the kids to the bus stop. And if you leave it plugged in, those alarms can go off for a very long time. I think they eventually stop, but they stop like after hours. Uh, so I unplugged it so it wouldn't just be bleeping out nonstop. Then we came home and I plugged it back in and the Echo would not turn on. <gasps> Yeah, dun, dun, dun. I know. I felt the same way you feel. And <laughs> I tried various smart things like plugging it into other places and unplugging it from the back of the Echo and plugging it back in again. And then I even put a paperclip in the reset button. Then I called Amazon Tech Support and they made me do all those same things. So actually, I called Tech Support using the Alexa app on my phone, which said, here's the button to get Alexa support. I called that button, pressed that button, and they actually, I think they call you. No, you call them. And... I talked to a person like, oh, I'm not the right person to help you. Let me transfer you. <laughs> the person who I then spoke to said, thank you for calling Kindle support. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is happening? Wow. And then that person was like, oh, yeah, even though I'm Kindle support, I can help you anyway. Don't worry about it. And she, they basically said, you're way out of warranty. Hopefully it's the plug. We'll give you $20 to get a new plug. Uh, you pay shipping. <laughs> which was a dollar or no, I pay tax a dollar something. And, um, if that doesn't work, well, you're not under warranty. And they left it at that. Not like you're gonna have to buy a new one. But I was like, I was going to be really angry on the show. I was gonna be molts level ragey. If (laughs) I had to buy a new echo, especially since John had one, he just freaking returned it. But (laughs) I, uh, it worked. I got some other stuff though. (laughs) I do want to know what the hell happened to this charger though. Being unplugged. That could make it be dead. That seems very bizarre to me. Yeah. That does seem weird. Did it, so you haven't resolved this yet? No, I have. They sent me a new plug, plugged oh, it in, it and it worked instantly. Okay. I was t- and actually, an, a fun thing, if those of you who have Kindles, if you're not afraid of Kindles, see, I have the same problem that I was on. <laughs> yeah. Those of you who have Echoes, if you uh, aren't worried that your plug will magically stop working if you unplug it, unplug it, 
and then plug it back in again and watch how there's a solid like two to three seconds before any lights come on to indicate that it's powered up because you know um, it they don't overnight me the plug where you have to wait a solid couple of days for it to arrive even though it was amazon prime and everything else like i called them on a weekend and so it didn't show up until wednesday so it's three long echoless days and I plug it in and I'm staring at it and nothing happens. I'm like, shit, it's dead. And then after I had time to say shit, it's dead is when it lights up. Uh, and of course I'm I plugged alive, it in, in the, Lex. I plugged it in in the random <laughs> I spot heard that. where I had been testing different plugs. So then I had to unplug it again to move it where it goes. And of course that was very nerve wracking too, but it works. It's been fine. We're an echo full household again. So, hmm. so the, yeah, the, the echo one requires a, um, it's got like a, like a standard DC plug, right? Like, one of the yeah. circular plugs yeah this is because yes. the dot the dot uses a micro usb port which is why i was wondering Correct i was like oh man you can almost it's too bad because if you had one of the dots you could just you could easily plug in another cable but yeah yes. having to get a specific adapter kind of blows yeah it does hmm. but i have not moved my echo in some time or unplugged it so don't apparently yeah i don't touch I, it <laughs> that plug is very sensitive <laughs> And actually, you know a cool thing you can use an Echo for, by the way? What's that, Lex? <laughs> Gonna find out. Listening to books. Listen, do you love books, but you find that you never have time to read them? With Audible, get audiobooks and listen to those books you've been meaning to read on the go. Their app is free and works on iPhones, iPad, Android, and Windows Phone. You can also download and listen on your Kindle Fire and over 500 MP3 players. With Audible, you own your books, so you can access your books anytime and anywhere right from your smartphone. Audible also has the great listen guarantee. If you decide you don't like the book you chose, no worries. You can exchange any book you aren't happy with for another title anytime, no questions asked. It says here I'm supposed to talk about some of my favorite titles from Audible or the experience of using Audible and why you love it. The most recent book I listened to on Audible was The Long Walk, which is one of my personal favorite Stephen King books, although he wrote it as Richard Bachman. Uh, they have a version read, narrated by uh, Kirby Hayborn, and I happen to love that book, and I had never listened to it, and I've probably read the book, I don't know, six times, and I listened to it, and it was like super uh, disturbing to hear somebody else reading it aloud, and it was like a highly recommended read aloud Audible experience. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, actually. Um so, you know, I don't know what your life is. I don't know if it's, if you've got a, a commute situation, if you deal with a lot of travel delays, maybe it's a chore thing. Okay. If you're resolving this year, maybe you're going to cook more, let the sauce simmer while the plot thickens, right? Okay. If you, if your chores seem endless, maybe you can polish your car while you shine up your life. Man, Audible has some good writers over there, but uh, regardless of what you have time you know, what, when you need some kind of distraction, some audio entertainment, Audible is definitely worth checking out. You can't make more time, but you can make the most of it. Turn your chores, turn your commute, turn everything into something more with a free trial at Audible. Go to audible.com slash rebound to start now. One more time, audible.com slash rebound. You get a free trial at Audible. Give it a shot. Thanks, Audible. I did not know that um, Stephen King wrote under a pseudonym. Oh, yeah. yeah, he has a whole slew of books as Richard yeah. Bachman from years yeah, ago. Yeah, the uh, right run, Running Man. And, uh, yeah, yep. right. Yeah, yeah. And why? <laughs> well, he wanted to see if he could get published if he wasn't Stephen King, like if he was really a good oh. writer, if it was just that he'd done one or two books. But he very quickly got uncovered, and then it's like, well, I'm going to keep writing as Richard Bachman anyway. And then eventually they rebranded all the books Stephen King as Richard Bachman. Yeah, that's fairly, a little that's weird. fairly common with pseudonyms <laughs> once they've been unmasked. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's uh, about different um genres like sometimes 
if you're like changing like writing a different genre of stuff you use a different yep. name so as to not like be like oh wait that guy yeah. only writes horror books right like right so well that's yeah. what i would have thought but the, that doesn't seem to be the case here yeah i mean Will... some, different people do it for different reasons right like jk rowling wrote those uh books under a pseudonym those like mystery books under a pseudonym um robert gelbraith um and so i think that was also just like albus dumbledore Al- <laughs> that's, a, that's a terrible pseudonym <laughs> no one will ever know <laughs> i have written a lot of books under my pseudonym dan brown it's very similar to my name is the problem <laughs> you should not you should not unveil yourself <laughs> dan, i should if, reveil myself hold on <laughs> i don't believe you've talked Chuck about tingle. your 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 upcoming novel your forthcoming novel on this show dan but if you want me to record the audible version i would i would consider oh that okay you. all right all right i'll i'll let you know we'll uh we'll see what's going on with that <laughs> do you want to do a quick plug for your book by the way yeah i always want to do a quick plug for my book because there's doubtless nobody listening to the show <laughs> knows that i'm writing a book mm-hmm. or i've written a book uh yeah hey, i've got a book coming out it comes out in less than a month wow is it about That's... minecraft <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's about, uh, I call it your craft. It's a little different. Um, it's called The Caledonian Gambit. It will be available in paperback and ebooks in from all your favorite vendors of the, the written word. Um, should be available in, in stores. Uh, if it's not, you can always ask your store to order it. That's a great idea. Um, mm-hmm. It's a science fiction thriller set in space in the future uh, in sort of a Cold War setting. And it's it's great. I'm telling you, I'm totally unbiased, and I am telling you, it is fantastic. It is it the has best. Very, book. very few continuity errors. Uh, the <laughs> Dan tweeted that he found one. I found one and felt very embarrassed about it. But I will. Well, that's, a, that's an Easter egg. That's you, yeah, you know, exactly. Read it and see if you can find it. If the first you know, the first person to find it, I'm considering the first person who tweets at me that they found it. I'm considering a, a couple a couple little. A little prize prizes yeah. nice they can, they can guess on an episode of the rebound um <laughs> i'm no, just excited literally nobody wants that <laughs> that's, that's the I'm, second that's, that's a the disincentive <laughs> i'm excited that dan is less than a month away from the uh writer's life of going into bookstores and checking to make sure they have their book prominently displayed. oh yeah i turn <laughs> turning them outwards i do that for my friends books now <laughs> yeah like when course. i walk into Thank the you. store and see them I put I paper stores in the Snuggie Sutra. That's what I do. I just put where, those all. God, where do you guys out. go to bookstores? <laughs> oh, I'm so annoyed because I had a great uh, ad read joke lined up that I forgot to do. Oh, uh, which sorry, was I was going to say this is awkward because this episode is brought to you by the Pebble, but I, I forgot. <laughs> so. yeah. There are still bookstores, yep. John. Maybe not in the wilds of the uh, greater Seattle area where Amazon rules with an iron fist, but elsewhere <laughs> there are still. Bookstores. Well, I'm in Tacoma. So greater, greater also, Seattle. As we still, call it. their 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 gigantic foot extends this far. That's Jeff Bezos's foot. It's pretty large. Yep. You can't tell Giant how large because the graph does not have axes He's... on it. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you guys uh, sad that we're not getting carpool karaoke this month? <laughs> can't Apple ship did, anything oh, did, on did, time? Did they miss the. Uh... They 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 announced that they were they told Reuters their delay. It's it's coming out later this year instead oh, okay but eddie eddie had said at the code media conference earlier in uh, february i think that it was coming in april and they've said that's not happening they've just said later this year which could mean may right like could mean december really got a big window there i was wondering my only speculation december. was that it's 
<laughs> you know, maybe they're trying to drop a bunch of the video content at the same time rather than in sort of dribs and drabs. Right. Oh, actually, that was not that was in line with my assumption, but not my actual guess. My guess was more that Apple's going to get be prepared to announce like a service beyond Apple Music mm. for TV stuff, video stuff. That I don't. I don't think that's going. I don't. I'm not sure they're. I'm not sure they're there. Yeah, I, I I don't know, but like the thing that makes it kind of like I don't give a shit if they need to delay their weird show that they're oh, making, yeah. go ahead. But the the Reuters story story says that the launch party for the show was postponed without explanation days before it was to take place. That's <laughs> like get your shit together. Yeah, like, that was a little weird. I I don't understand why you would. That seems bizarre. I have no idea why you would do that. Um. But yeah, the Planet of the Apps thing is supposed to happen in the spring too. So I, I would not be surprised if these both dropped sometime in like, you know, probably before WWDC, I would think, but maybe after, I don't know. But probably in the June, June-ish range, I would guess. And they bought the rights to this documentary about a music producer that premieres at the Tribeca Film Festival this week. Okay, sure. Um, I've been meeting to Tribeca. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that right there and going to move on. It's, you know, it seems to me if that if all of their songs, I get the idea of like buying a bunch of video com- content that's about music and feeling like, yeah, because our subscribers are totally into music. But it's like, I actually give zero shits about any of that. <laughs> yeah, well, how does yeah, Planet I mean, of the Apps fit in that? <laughs> that is the oddball right now. But yeah, I don't know. It's re, oh God, I'm not <laughs> lava. Unless there's lava. I'm not, I'm out. <laughs> please go back and see our collected works (laughs) call back Um, yeah uh yeah i don't care about any of this stuff (laughs) i mean i really i really don't i'm you know i like karaoke if they're not making comic books you know comic books shows then i'm out i mean (laughs) comic book or science fiction but this reality stuff Forget it. Mm-hmm. I mean, look what reality TV has done for us. So <laughs> I just say reality is pretty crappy. Why would you want to make more TV about it? Exactly. Seriously. I read That's an interesting exactly article. I want the science fiction and the comic book stuff. I read an interesting article recently, and actually, this this kind of relates to kind of part of what we're discussing. It looks like the WGA, the Writers Guild, is going to go on strike again. Mm-hmm. The last time oh, it yeah. happened was, uh, I think, 2010. I'm not positive about that, though. Um, whenever it was the last time it happened, various other projects came up. Things like um, Joss Whedon's internet series, Dr. Horrible, um, and uh, a lot more reality shows started coming out where they could get away with having... No, no writers. official writers. Yeah. Um, one thing that happened was NBC said, hey, let's have uh, the Celebrity Apprentice become a thing. And I don't mm-hmm. know, maybe there was a butterfly effect there. So thanks, writers. Yeah. Uh, but Well, th- thanks, um, producers, well, for not it... paying your writers. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, th- I thought so. Thanks, producers, for not paying your writers enough, because writers are the lifeblood. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm just saying 100% of the hosts of this show are published authors. I'm just putting that out there. Um the uh but so i think that that will be interesting for the reality style projects that appears apple is pursuing because i would even say that it, folks in my business are assuming that we're going to have more writers available to us starting very soon because they're going to be on strike and they're going to want work and we're going to be able to do more scripted series on the podcast side mm-hmm. um so i'm curious to see if that means i i have a suspicion that there will be an increase in non-tv and i made air quotes just now so the listeners know <laughs> non-tv 
uh, written content uh, for other digital platforms that is going to come in the next, I don't know, six to 12 months if that strike does happen. And not that there won't be new content in other places anyway, but my guess is that the writer strike is good for those things and for, yeah. you know, a president in 10 to 15 years. Hey, if you don't, if you don't, you know, if you can't watch TV because your favorite shows, uh, you know, all the writers are striking, may I suggest an alternative? Books. <laughs> <laughs> the Caledonian Gambit, read by Lex Friedman, is on Audible. Before I can gonna... read that book, you have to work on my pronunciation because I don't know. If, do I pronounce I'm the e? a sidetrack? It's just me sighing through the whole thing. <laughs> wow, there you go. Yeah, I, I appreciate. Every time it. there's a gap in Lex saying something, I'm just gonna go. <sighs> All right, I can sound more than both now. at the same time. It's called "Try This On for Size." That's the name of John Moltz's sideshow. <laughs> Uh, did you see, incidentally, this is, uh, kind of related. Did you see the, um, there was a company that announced a product earlier this week. I don't know if it's a product or just sort of a proof of concept where they can take like a minute or two of audio and basically synthesize a, the voice from it. Yes. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. That's yeah. to me. So I read the story and I'm like, wow, that's incredible. Let me listen to these amazing demos. And I listen to the demos and it's like, no, this is not fooling anyone. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, I, I, I think did not the technology, even listen to them. I feel bad. Oh, well, so the technology is impressive, and it's it clearly you will be able to Photoshop audio <laughs> effectively uh, soon. Like, it seems like it's probably not even many years away, but a couple years away. But right now, it sounds like somebody used impressive software to make it sound like Donald Trump or Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton was saying things they didn't say. It does not sound like Barack Obama or Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton said these things. It sounds like somebody did something to make it sound like they said it. Like it's it's very clearly fake to my ears, and I don't think I'm an expert by any stretch. I'm just saying. But well, I think it's cool. It's funny because uh, contextually, while I was away, um, there was the uh, the trailer release for episode eight, and one of the incomparable fans basically because we said we weren't going to do a extensive deep dive episode into the trailer an incomparable fan like went through found clips and like assembled an episode like a minute long episode with like just enough generic sort of things that we had said about previous things that it sounds (laughs) like we're talking about the trailer um (laughs) it's pretty good i have to say like for you know something they just cobbled together i'm super impressed with his ability to find what i would think of as like oh my god how did you spend all the time going through all these different you know all this all this huge collected amount of audio just to find like five clips like that's that's impressive dedication so if you have enough let's put it this way if there's enough audio of you already out there as there is for a lot of public figures (laughs) you can actually do this way more effectively (laughs) (laughs) Say rather than creating an algorithm where you can just make Donald Trump say anything you want, you just go through like the hours and hours and hours of audio there is of him and just piece it together and just actually find the, the crappy things. Yeah, that he said. well, yeah, or you don't you even just have... host a show on Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh, we're getting political. <laughs> no, sorry, our, no. Our, our readers hate it when we do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh man! Uh, so, uh, are you guys still riding Uber or not? I have not ridden an Uber in a while. I've yeah. switched pretty much to Lyft. Yeah, I similarly have been lifting. Um, Uber just seems like uh, yeah, it's a train wreck. Evil. Now, I, I'm going to come to the defense, however, of Unroll.me. Or a oh crash, boy! Oh, this should be good. Rolling up my sleeves. Here Let's hear we it. go. Like, so. Yeah, so should we we gotta 
the quick recap, so, and you correct yeah. me if I get any of this wrong, is Uber is a shit show. <laughs> and uh, besides the fact that they were doing something, some level of bad that allowed them to track iPhones, um, even if you deleted the app and then reinstalled the app, they could say, hey, we recognize this iPhone, which in theory Apple doesn't want you to do, or at least didn't want them to do the way they were doing, so that if people were creating rogue accounts, uh, Uber could note that and handle it accordingly. Um, but in the article that who uh, was who who was the writer? Anybody remember? Uh, Michael Isaac. Isaac. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Michael Isaac. In his story, he also reveals that uh, Uber paid the email service Unroll.me, which is a service you give access to your inbox, and then it can tell you all the things you're subscribed to and let you turn them into digest or just unsubscribe or whatever. It cleans up your inbox for you. Um, that that service had sold Uber. Uh, anonymized aggregated data about people's Lyft travel for Uber's market marketing competitive research program. So P- yeah. it was taking all of your Lyft receipts and sending them to Uber so that Uber could see when people were taking this. <laughs> well, it was, anonym- right? it was anonymizing it, but yeah, still, yeah. Um, my point is not so because I understand why people would object to it, but don't give services access to your fucking inbox if you mm-hmm. don't trust them with your inbox. And like, it, I am an unroll.me user, I have let them digest my shitty email subscriptions, and I did not carefully read the terms of service but i assumed hey to make money from this they must sell shit from my receipts i didn't think about it with uber and lyft but i did think about it with somebody else wants to know what i'm like amazon wants to know what i'm buying from anybody else on the internet and any receipt that i have from apple is interesting to somebody else like i figured that that's what else are they going to do with it like they have to make money they have to be selling something are you dumb they're selling you yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and, and that's that's the fundamental thing, right? If you're not paying for a product, you are the product, as they as the old saying goes. I think the the other side of that is, I, you know, I don't know, maybe I have never been comfortable with giving pretty much any service access to my email, like for whatever reason. There are I know I keep people. trying to get in there. <laughs> Lex <laughs> out, Lex me. <laughs> well, please don't. Um, but unlex like, me, unlex, unlex, please unlex me. I've been trying for years now. Um, but, I, you know, there are a lot of other sites and services that I will use that I will give access to things like, you know, my Twitter account, whatever. Like, there are definitely, you know, and I like most of those places at least run down, like, here's what we do because the sites now make them do this is like, here's what we will have access to. Here's what features we can use if we if you log in with this account. Um, but email for me has always been a step too far. And, and while I know there are services that, you know, like Unroll Me or, or even, you know, I, I've used TripIt, but I don't use the like uh aspect where it like looks at your email inbox and automatically processes things um but i just i've always felt uncomfortable with that like the email is is one thing that i felt like should be kept secure and private and can do the most damage i feel like so for for me i've never felt comfortable just giving any app access to my email except for you know a mail client (laughs) it's pretty sexist (laughs) i knew that was going (laughs) you just thought it was going to come out of your mouth no (laughs) Let it go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, if people really didn't get it and they just thought this was something that people were doing out of the goodness of their hearts, like, hey, we'll make a web service to help people with their inboxes, then okay, I I understand if you were so naive or innocent that you didn't know this was happening, but like, I don't think it's the world's most horrible thing to anonymize and, and share that data. And I think that it's, well, it's, it's not the world's crazy most horrible thing. The world is pretty horrible. <laughs> 
it's not something I want to. Yeah, I mean, I but I do I do agree that you know there is a there is a level of personal responsibility here. But like, what's even? So let's say you didn't know, and now you found out that hey, somebody sold anonymized data of Lyft receipts to Uber, and by the way, almost certainly anonymized Uber receipts to Lyft. So, like, isn't that going to make those services like? Let's say you don't hate Uber. Isn't it going to make Lyft better if they know about Uber receipts and they can say, "Oh, people like to do rides it this way that we didn't know about." Like, <laughs> did it make Uber better? <laughs> it made Uber so much better. <laughs> well, this comes back to the oh topic. God, imagine what they would have been like if they hadn't gotten those receipts. <laughs> well, this comes back to the topic that John and I, I think, discussed briefly last week, which was. Um, or two weeks ago, I don't remember. It was with the Bose Connect thing with the uh, the. Mm-hmm. Actually, you were you were here too, Lex, weren't you? Wow, you were there too. <laughs> uh, I Is forgot. he here now? But I'm it's here. like the same point. It's okay. like all right, you know. I, I, well, I don't think that they should be, you know, necessarily doing that, or at least they should be disclosing that. I uh, having you know the headphone company know what music I'm listening to. I don't know. It doesn't like again. It's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> like, <laughs> and if it's not the worst thing in the world, just let it happen. <laughs> no, I'm saying there's a slight. I'm saying that there is a there is a range of things that you should be concerned about, and some th- not everything passes the outrage threshold. <laughs> yeah, mm. you know what I get outraged by, Dan? <laughs> uh, I, I'm gonna guess. Can I guess? I know. Can I Please, guess? Guess ingredients that aren't is fresh. It, yeah, paying paying too much for your meals from grocery stores and having to do all that shopping. Yes. Guys, not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high quality ingredients make a real difference. So it's important to know where your food comes from. And that's where Blue Apron comes in. For less than $10 a meal, Blue Apron delivers delicious quality food, courtesy of more than 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the U.S., right to your door. Supporting a more sustainable food system, excellent, and setting the highest standards for ingredients, awesome. Plus, with Blue Apron's freshness guarantee, I I need one of those, with Blue Apron's freshness guarantee, you can be sure that every ingredient in your delivery will arrive ready to cook, or they'll make it right. It's no wonder they are the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They've sent all of us food. We've all eaten it, and we've all freaking loved it, because you know why? It's really good. Some of the meals available in April include spinach and fresh mozzarella pizza with olives, bell peppers, and ricotta salata, sweet and sour salmon with bok choy, carrot, and ginger fried rice. Bok choy, also one of my favorite weapons in Plants vs. Zombies. Parmesan crusted mm. chicken with creamy fettuccine and roasted broccoli. Baby broccoli and Bonk. fontini paninis with hard-boiled egg and arugula salad. Check out this week's menu. It's going to have items that sound just as delicious as those. And get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash rebound. Put another way, get some free food and learn to love Blue Apron. By going to blueapron.com slash rebound, you will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's Blue Apron.com slash rebound blue apron, a better way to cook. Tim Cook. <laughs> a better way to cook Bonk. Tim Cook. Bonk. Oh, please don't call Tim Cook. We need him. No. Can you imagine if you opened up your blue apron box and inside was Tim Cook? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be weird. How'd he fit? This is Tim. <laughs> Joni Ive must have packed that thing. That's for sure. <laughs> but they use less packaging. Which Hi, is this nice. is Tim. <laughs> please don't please don't cook me. <laughs> This is a wacky mix-up when like I'm to, in here. I'd like to tell you about why our <laughs> Apple little, stores are Jimmy doing Carter, so well. It? It's, it's yeah, a, he has a little Jimmy Carter, yeah. 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 I hope he doesn't suffer from a malaise. Wow, that <laughs> that Jimmy, sounds delicious. Jimmy Carter <laughs> malaise sauce, yeah. Tim, Tim Cook and malaise. Jimmy Carter jokes, keeping it, keeping it topical here. 
<laughs> and then sprinkled with peanuts. <laughs> um, yeah, there must have been something else, please God, that happened this week. Did you see um, the? They have announced that they're bringing Apple. The Apple is bringing these educational sessions. Yeah, to I its was stores. just reading this. Yeah. So this is the today. I, I, at I Apple don't quite program. understand it. I don't think. I mean, well, it's, so they're. They're kind because of they like, already do they already do some of these things right they, uh, they run had, sessions but they had they had dialed back on some of them and some of these seem like they're more general skills they're not just about like here's how to get the most out of your mac they're like here's like here's yeah like yeah. work on drawing Photography. like yeah like here yeah. work on art work on these things they're like lectures or right. you know workshops or that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and i watched a little bit of the uh, interview with angela Arendt talking about um you know kind of what the goal is here and she likens it in the interview to like like kind of trying to uh, maybe not dethrone but like compete with starbucks as like a meeting place like oh man let's go to the apple store which seems <laughs> uh, yeah it seems a little uh, <laughs> I, I i maybe maybe we are not the target demographic as gigantic apple supporters huh <laughs> i don't know yeah I do like I, going in. <laughs> I gotta yeah, say, I, I like guess, going in looking like, at the stuff, looking at the things I don't have, <laughs> wishing I could have them. Yeah, but you don't. I mean, does programming attract you more than the products? Like, if some of you hear, like, "Oh man, there's this drawing workshop at the Apple Store," are you gonna go in for that? Like, I don't know. Is it more than you a actually, retail you space? Got, you got you got me on that one because I I have actually been thinking I'd like to like to learn how to draw better. Really? I would yeah, also I mean, up on knowing, this. Yeah. I, would, I don't know that this is where I would go. I would also like you to learn how to draw better. Yeah, I'm sure. It would be very helpful for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're also talking about doing coding, um, having stuff for kids, um, you know, lots of different sort of types of sessions. And so if there's stuff I, for kids, then I'm out. Well... <laughs> <laughs> save it for the other podcast my kid has to learn to code at home like everybody else um exactly like my, i did my biggest concern with this is that you know having been in a bunch of apple stores in recent years they're very busy and so yes, the last right, thing they need to right. be more crowded yes, yeah yes, carving yes. carving yeah. out space for these things well, it seems like it's going to be tricky and then there's somebody on a microphone right right and it's like so just now you're disrupting you're disrupting everybody just doing their shopping now yeah right so yeah. I don't, I, I mean, I guess I, I see what they're going for. And they used to, back in the day when the first Apple stores first came out, they had, some of them had like theaters where yeah, it's like right. areas that were set aside for this, but most of the stores don't really have that anymore. And and they're talking about really doing this across all of their stores and that's almost 500 stores. But I've seen them like running sessions at just at tables in the back, like the genius tables in the back. Sure. Yeah. Um, I just wonder about the scalability is, of it. And they're using, and they're using microphones. It just seems weird. That's yeah, I, unless you're really going to, I mean, and they are redesigning some of their stores and maybe if that's sort of like they're doing a wave of redesigns and they're going to target mm-hmm. those stores and say like, oh yeah, we've, we've set aside a space in some of our more prominent and bigger stores where we can hold these kind of events, you know? Yeah. And, and I don't know. I mean, this happens other places too. Like I've been in bookstores when like they have people in there doing events and you know, it can be disruptive, but it also like people like wander over and listen, right? Too. So like, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's an argument for it. Um, but yeah, I don't most know. Most bookstores, most bookstores are either big enough or like broken into sections. Some are. I've definitely been in some smaller ones in this part where it's okay. like depending on. I once saw um, 
I saw Henry Winkler in the bookstore here and it's not a big bookstore. And so, and people were really packed in like listening to him. And so like I popped in for a minute because I was looking for a book and I was like, Oh my God, it's the Fonz. And yeah. so I like hung out in the back there and listened to him for a couple minutes, but it was not, it was not a big store. And like, you know, they had seating for maybe like 30 or 40 people. And then like a lot of people were just sort of He's standing in aisles. Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> I can confirm. He's just shorter than you would think, you know? But he's big and stacked. Much like, like Dan Morin is taller than you would think. Hmm, why, yes. why would you think I'm not tall? <laughs> well, you know if why. people have never met you, they wouldn't know that you're very tall. <laughs> well, because your avatar looks so small. Yeah, it's so small on my screen. Right. All right, I'll get a taller avatar. <laughs> I don't even know how you fit in that little window. <laughs> it's sore. I, yeah, let me tell you, it really hurts. <laughs> In the uh, in the Skype thing, you guys are you guys are like cheek to cheek. <laughs> it's adorable. Hi, Dan. Hi, Legs. Are you saying we're cheeky? Is that what you're saying? Well, definitely, yeah. definitely that. That's true. I, I would agree with that. Um, I would. So let me ask you this. Please we, ask uh, away as we close out. Um, so we're like. Uh, six weeks out from WWC at this point. I know we talked about the Apple Watch a little earlier, um, but early I, I wrote a piece for uh, Tom's Guide talking about what to look forward to in both the new version of the Apple Watch and in WatchOS 4. And as I was thinking about stuff for WatchOS 4, it occurred to me like, man, I have, I'm having a hard time coming up with like, you know, beyond things like better performance and like kind of better app management, like trying to think up new features that I really want in the Apple Watch, because in some ways the Apple Watch launched with too many features. Mm -hmm. And so, like, coming back around and trying to think about, like, okay, what could Apple add in WatchOS 4 that I would be really jazzed about? And I'm having trouble coming up with anything, so I was curious to know if you guys had features or things, like, because you are Apple Watch users, that you feel like, oh, man, I really wish I could do X. Well, let me think the one, the only, the one thing I think of, and pretty much the only thing I uh, wait, wait, think can I guess, of is, can I guess, can I guess? Having, go ahead. You want the time to appear all the time. Yeah, right. Right. Because that's that's the obvious thing. It's such a dumb uh, feature for a watch not to have two years well, in. <laughs> but if I it did understand have that. I understand all the rationale. I understand all the rationales, but it's funny. That's this my is like, single biggest complaint. It's like it's like when we were waiting for copy and paste for three years on the iPhone. Yeah. It's like, God, yeah. how do you not have this from day one? <laughs> right. But I agree. I had that on my list as well. But I was having stuff trying to like think of other capabilities or stuff that I could do with it. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's a pretty, it's honestly, a pretty full feature uh, device. I don't even use I, half of what's there. Well, I think it needs to be integrated more into other things. Like, it would be nice to be able to like unlock your front door with it or things like that. I still just kind of wanted to work better overall at the things that it already is meant to do. Like. I will fully admit, I never use it for workouts. Yesterday, I decided to on a whim, and I had no idea how to stop the workout. And eventually, I was like, maybe I can tell Siri to stop the workout. Gene, I, get me off this crazy thing. <laughs> I hold down the button for Siri, and I'm like, stop my workout. And then it does that thing. Hey, I'll tap you when I'm ready. And eventually, it taps me, and it's like, look at your phone to see results for start my workout, which is the exact opposite <laughs> of what I asked. Like, it was just, it was just a shitty experience. And eventually, I still don't you know swipe. how to end a workout. By the way, I'm just you gonna... swipe. That's how you do it. Yeah, and, and then you like, tap. It. Uh, I don't know. If, Come on, get your shit. Wh whenever I do, thank you. <laughs> whenever I do a phone call on it, which I don't do often, like there's a really solid delay problems. Like I just wanted to all the things no. it's already meant to do. I wanted to do awesomer, and I think that's and I like you guys. I wanted to show the time all the time. 
Yeah. Oh, and to need yeah, a yeah, little I less mean, charging. You, but you still have a Series 1, right? Uh, I do. Series yeah. 1 or 0? I have the original well, Apple zero. Watch. Zero. Yeah. yeah, we all have zeros. <laughs> zero, <laughs> zero, zero, zero. We're zeros all the way around. Yeah, I mean, and I've heard the two, the Series 2 is, is better um, about this, some of that, just because it has a little more processing horsepower behind it. Uh, and I agree that that's, like, the biggest thing for me is refinement of what's already there. Um, but it doesn't seem like this should be a feature-complete product. In some way, it feels like there should be room for more here. And, and yet, I don't know what that is. And maybe it's just because I haven't used so much of what is there because it doesn't work great. Or if it's because, you know, there isn't a lot else well, for this device so to do. Payment, payment, I think, works fantastic. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I wish, and again, so the big that's problem the there kind is of thing, it doesn't, well, we should work in more places, but that's not on right. Apple, so. Yeah. But it's it's grown substantially yeah, since it I first agree. came, I mean, obviously it was like zero when it came out, but it's grown by leaps and bounds. And so that kind of thing, I think, would be, and, and like in being able to unlock, unlock my laptop um, with it is great, too. So That broke again on my that, laptop, no idea why. that kind of thing why. can be... That kind of thing can be done in more places. Um, I think that would be great, but that's a whole ecosystem problem, not necessarily with the watch itself. Sure, because mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, you're talking about people making smart locks and stuff like that. Yeah, right. Um, I really dislike. I've tried to use the home app on the watch to like control smart home stuff, and it's not a good experience. Um, mm. The phone is is much better, or using Siri or the Echo is much better, but the watch, uh- too many taps. A place where I th- <laughs> a place where I think Apple's making a mistake right now with this home kit stuff is Apple wants everybody to standardize on its thing. Not too shocking, but I feel like the people who do who want home kit kind of stuff are early adopters, so they probably have an Echo or a Google Home. And I have two, maybe three different brands of cameras in the house. Like I have the the Canary and I've got an Arlo and I have a Logitech thing and like the Echo can understand how to use any of them and the phone doesn't know how to use any of them. <laughs> and the same thing with the lights. Like my I have two different brands of Wi Fi bulbs, neither of which are home kit enabled, but the Echo understands all of them. And so it's like I understand Apple's thinking, but at the same time I you want to support more things, right? If if your users, if your customers are going to have all kinds of devices, it's it's mm-hmm. like uh, the HomeKit is invisible to me. I do not use it at all. It's because yeah. it doesn't places, work with anything. Places I have. where I've tried, it actually actively kind of sucks. Like, so I have an automation routine that turns off the light in my office at twelve thirty every night, and it's in the Home app, and it uses the Apple TV as the Home Hub. And it doesn't work a lot of times. Like, if I have to get up in the middle of the night sometimes, I walk out of my bedroom and it's like, why is the office light still on? It's 3 in the morning. And it's like, I, it's a very simple rule where it's just like, at 1230, turn this light off. And, and it doesn't fire reliably. And it's like, if you can't do that, if you cannot succeed at turning a light off at the same time every day, then what the hell? Like, what's the point of this? Like, your automation is just, is just shitty. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think they seem to have not committed wholeheartedly to it. And, like, yeah, it's better now that there is an app for it as opposed to in iOS 9 where there wasn't even, like, it was there but only controllable by Siri. Um, but it's it's still not good. I have nothing that works with it. <laughs> <laughs> Including me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know... <sighs> If given that the Echo does a really nice job and there are yeah. various other things that do a nice job, 
it's it it doesn't seem like it's a technology problem. It's a it's a personality problem. <laughs> um, you know, it's like you have to make the decision um, to say, "Hey, I want to support more things or not." And I, I I'm hopeful that they will come around. Well, but what's nice at least know. is that I have stuff that works with both. Like, so I can choose to interface with it via the Echo or via Siri on HomeKit yes. for some of the stuff. But yeah, so HomeKit does is more limited. The Echo definitely has broader ecosystem support. And even the Google Home has expanded it a lot recently and announced a lot of new partners. So I think that they may be, you know, beating out Apple in this regards as well. But that said, I mean, there was an article a few months ago talking about how the the, the, the biggest, you know, Apple does want to control all of this, but it also has standards. Like a lot of the crap that's going around that works with the Echo and with Google Home, it all works. And it's very, like, broad in its acceptance, but it's not terribly secure or reliable in some ways so you know there are there are risks too <laughs> hey alexa order a copy of the caledonian gambit by dan moran <laughs> did you just did you just did you just do you just make all our listeners with echoes order my book you'll thank me later i kind of i feel of two minds about this <laughs> I do like that you said, hey, Alexa, because I, oh, we have to do follow-up. I'm so glad that this is all reminding me because um, uh, uh, a listener, was Lee his name? From Sonos had um, pointed out, because a couple weeks ago I talked about my complaint that I can't use the Sonos play bass that I have as my like soundbar type thing for my TV. It wouldn't connect to your connect amp thing, right? Like Right. Well, no, I was complaining that it couldn't do surround sound with my rear speakers even though they are powered by a connect and his point was you can't do it with a connect and he explained that it's because of delays that the amplifier that you're used because you bring your own amplifier setup that, that it could introduce although i complained about that too but he at least made a, a reasonable explanation for it but then he said if you have a connect amp even though they don't put it in the manual for the sonos playbase you can use a connect amp where the sonos is bringing its own amplifier um to uh to create surround sound with your own rear speakers if they're from a connect app so i didn't know that but what was funny to me was i when i was going through sonos's very detailed customer like guides and stuff on their website that that lee f had linked me to um I saw an article about their echo integration and I was like, wait, is their echo integration live and no one has told me? Uh, no, but their article does tell you about various ways that you can integrate your echo with Sonos speakers today. Oh, the existing one, yeah. Yeah. And what was funny about it was in their instructions, they said, you would say, hey, Alexa, do this. And that's also what Moltz just said. But that is technically not what you say to trigger your echo. And I found it oh. amusing that the Sonos yeah. article says, well, you say, can, hey, Alexa. You, you, can, you can say it. It will still you pick can up say on it. it. <laughs> yeah. You could also say, hey, jerk face Alexa, and it will probably <laughs> still pick it up. But well, you don't have to do You that. know, interesting that you brought up Sonos, because I actually want to ask you guys about something that I was running into with my Sonos setup. Which is, have you run into the issue where sometimes it, it is in the middle of a song and just skips to the next track? Nope. Uh, sometimes? Yeah, so I was, I was trying to suss out why this kept happening because I was working and I had some music on. And I looked at their, like I googled it and there are a ton, there are a ton of like posts about this. Um, and their echo, Sonus, sorry, Sonus's suggestion is to change the uh, wireless channel of your network which mm-hmm. was kind of a eye-rolling kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. uh-huh, sure, that'll do it. Mm-hmm. Let me zap my pram while I'm at it. Um, but I think what I, I determined... PRAM, but take the baby. Take the baby out first. No, no, just zap it. Um, save the baby. Um, 
But Please. what I did just what I did determine was happening is that they mentioned it could be if you're playing stuff off your phone and it's not like close enough to the router or something that this could happen. And I, I switched to playing like I have a music library on my Mac mini, but I also I just have stuff on my phone and I had been playing stuff from my phone because it was like the first thing to come up when I searched for a song. And I found that when I played off the like music library on the Mac mini, it's totally fine because the Mac mini is wired into the router. Um, and oh, so I okay. think it's just removing one wireless hop because um, yeah. if it's playing from the phone, it's got to go from the phone to the router back out to the Sonos, presumably. And maybe that's just if I'm like, I'm only one room over. It's not like I'm super far from my router. But I did notice like sometimes when it was on, this is hilarious. When it's on the left side of my desk, which is farther from the router, it only had like two bars of wireless. And if I moved it to the right side of my desk, it had three and it skipped less, not not didn't entirely <laughs> not get zero. rid of it but it skipped less um but but streaming stuff from either an online music service or my mac seemed to go much better so that and what what uh, are you streaming to again what the sonos the sonos the sonos yeah like, but yeah. but is it a play one from his a, phone there are two play ones i have okay. a play one in my office and a play, play one in my one. living room and they are grouped together got it so yeah it was just a weird thing where i noticed we're like I don't know. A lot of people had, I felt like I hadn't been running into this that much. And all of a sudden there was a day where it kept skipping like every other track and I was getting really irritated about it. And so I don't know if that means yeah. somebody like turned on a Wi-Fi network, like near my house that is causing interference problems, or there was just something, you know, buggy with my network or what, but like it, it was used really to do irritating. That. It used to do that a lot. And I think maybe the difference is now that I use Apple Music, I almost, oh, I'm always really yeah. streaming from Apple I mean, Music. From the cloud, rather. Yeah. That probably yeah. reduces some sort of stuff. Though I imagine cloud services sometimes can be problematic depending on their status. Because those things go down sometimes, too. But anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. I otherwise love my Sonos. I really enjoy them. <laughs> But yeah, this was a, a an irking thing, and I am really I'm really waiting for that echo integration that they promised a while back. But I'm on both the beta lists, and I haven't seen a thing about it. So both the beta lists. What's the other beta list? I only know the Sonus beta list. What's no, the, the Sonus beta. List? There's a they have. I guess you're not even supposed to say, like. There's a public beta thing and a private beta thing you can set up, sign up for. I guess you're not even supposed to talk about the private. It's just in the beta. If you go, <laughs> you're out of Fight Club. Go, you Dan. are out. I'm you out. are out. Did I get kicked out? Did everybody know about this? And I and like I was like Lee, pretending you know how not to reach to me. Kick him out. Put me in. Done. Whoa! <laughs> I can't believe that you would do that to me, Lex. I thought we were Sonos brothers. Mm. Then you accuse Sonos of skipping, which mine never does. <laughs> you besmirch the good name of Sonos. You're dead to me. You're no Sonos mine. <laughs> hey, Alexa, kill Lex. You're no Sonos mine. God. No. <laughs> I heard somebody's echo answering. <laughs> that must have been Dan's. Is it going to kill me? Yep. Oh. She no. said she will take care of it. Hey, go. Siri, save me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, about half the time we say, Hey Sierra to my daughter, uh, my phone listens in. I, and I noticed now that there is a Lex thing for Amazon that you're, yes. you're extra screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs>